Okay, so what is your chosen theory and its origin? My chosen theory is critical race theory. Uh, contrary to popular beliefs, it originated in the mid 1970s as legal scholars, activists, and lawyers tried to understand why civil rights era victories had stalled and were being eroded. So in the early 1980s, students of color at Harvard Law School organized protests re regarding Harvard's lack of racial diversity in the curriculum. So among, uh, oh, sorry, in the curriculum among the students and in the faculty. These students supported Professor Derek Bell, who left Harvard Law in 1980 to become the Dean at the University of Oregon. Well, sorry, the Oregon School of Law. During his time at Harvard, Bell had developed new courses that studied American law through a racial lens. Harvard students of color wanted faculty of color to teach the new courses in his absence. However, the university ignored student requests, responding that no sufficiently qualified black instructor existed. Legal scholar Randall Kennedy then noted that some students felt affronted by Harvard's choice to employ a white liberal in a way that precludes the development of black leadership. In response to that, numerous students, including Kimberly Crenshaw and Mari Matsuda, boycotted and organized to develop an alternative cause using Bell's race, racism and American law um, that he wrote in 1973, the first edition as a core text. They included guests such as speakers Derek, uh, Richard Delgado and Neil Gotanda. Now, CRT originated in the mid 1970s, as I said, in the writings of several American legal scholars, including Derek Bell. It was Derek Bell, Alan Freeman, Kimberly Crenshaw, Richard Delgado, Cheryl Harris, Charles R. Lawrence III, Mary Matsuda, and Pat Patricia J. Williams. CRT emerged as a movement by the 1980s, reworking theories of critical legal studies with more focus on race. As the word critical suggests, both theoretical frameworks are rooted in critical theory, which argues that social problems are influenced and created more by societal structures and cultural assumptions than by individual and psychological factors. So who are have you got any key quotes or phrases that illustrates your, your kind of chosen theory? Because you've done, Tesla, what you've done, I just want to say, you've done mm. brilliantly. You've kind of flown through, you've spoken about the theory, um, the key ideas, and even the individuals who are associated with it. So maybe could we um, maybe elaborate a bit more on what some of those key ideas are? Um, so, so oh, oh, are we on to question two? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So what critical race theory or CRT as it's known is, it proposes that racism is normal, meaning that unlike other racial philosophies, CRT maintains that racism as a practice is normal because it's built as an abiding set of systems in our society. So one of the fundamental uh, uh, beliefs of CRT or tenets of CRT is that racism is normal. It also proposes counter storytelling. So in other words, the world that we live in experiences or the world that we live in and our experiences is largely dominated by a white interpretation or narrative. 
This can be seen in the overwhelming contributions what people have made to the natural sciences, the humanities, literature, philosophy, the arts, and we can go on from there. Also interpreted as naming or telling one's own story. So in other words, our history that's been, somebody would say something or some white person would say something and there's a black alternative that hasn't been told. So this is called counter storytelling, also one of the tenets of, of um, critical race theory. It also, <clears throat> excuse me, COT further proposes that the notion of interest convergence in anything where you get white people to move on something basically means that a black and brown community only experiences socioeconomic progress when there's the needs for it, when, when there's a white need for it, when, when the white people are interested in it, which is why we call interest convergence. It's at the point where white people need it for whatever reason that they then decide to what might look as give some progress to black people or black communities because there's something that so, so in other words a, a bit like a something for nothing type of thing you know um you scratch my back i scratch your back so if there isn't anything so um let me give you an example in south africa we had the um i used to to moderate uh, to admin groups on, on Facebook. And I asked white people, especially to march against racism. And it was a group of about 6,500 people. And they, their main thing was they don't march. That's it, they do not march. I understood that, it's fine. I, you know, let's leave it. Yet, because they were so anti-Zuma, so many people turned out to march again, for the march against Zuma. So there goes your interest convergence. Interest, the, the racism thing wasn't of interest to them. The fact that they didn't like Zuma, that was of interest to them. If that makes sense, Kevin. 100%. And who are the key people associated with the, the tenets of racism um, and CRT? So, so, so Derek Bell, uh, if you recall, I, I mentioned him. He was one of the first tenured uh, professors at, at um, black professors at, at Harvard School of Law. Uh, Kimberly Crenshaw is very popular for everybody knows her for intersectionality, which is a, a term that she phrased, even though you never say that. But okay, um, there's Richard Delgado, um, Mari Matsudo, Matsuda. Uh, Basically, those are the key people in, in terms of the ones that have put it together from the sort of 70s and 80s and to bring it to where we are now. Of course, there are more people that, that are added on now, but then racism is fluid. Remember that it, it's not stagnant. It changes all the time. And of course, theories have to change as well, you know. Um, so it goes, there are people that get added on all the time, but those are the key people that have actually started critical race theory as, as it was first critical legal um, theory because that, that's what they were mainly was what primarily was was um, legal scholars and professors and then it became about race as as I told you before with with Derek Bell. Sure. And are there any key phrases or quotes that illustrate or inspire you around the theory? So Kimberly Crenshaw inspires me like you cannot believe. 
she says that the empowerment of black women constitutes the empowerment of our entire community. And it's true. What the key is for me to get people, you know, you talk about things like systemic racism and immediately people, what? Oh, you mean systematic? You go, no, systemic. And, and also, I, I try and simplify it for them. So by my key phrases, and this is all I say is systemic racism is simply anti-Black practices. And then I can go on from there. Structural racism, which is also one of my favorites, is the silent opportunity killer. That's what it is. Lastly, if we aren't intersectional, some of us, especially the vulnerable, are bound to fall through the cracks. So there's so many, I, I, I like the focus of racism is more than just, okay, yeah, it would be more than just the K word. When I'm speaking to Americans or overseas people, it's more than just the N word. You know, racism has nothing to do with how wealthy or not wealthy or very absolutely nothing to do with that. It's based purely on how you are viewed by people and which race group that you belong to. Of course, you have to look white in order to be white and you have to be socialized as white as well. And, and how could, thinking of this within the context of learning and teaching, so if there are students, staff, academics that are, are wanting to engage with CRT and learn about this, how, how would be the best <coughs> place to kind of explore this? So unlike other racial theories or philosophies, a critical theory aims to create and maintain meaningful, visible and lasting change in our society by changing or upending the way both black and white people view the world. Remember, we've said racism is normal. That's one of CRT's tenets. CRT or critical race theory contends that it can change the individual through challenging their deeply held foundational mental models they subconsciously hold of themselves others and the world around them or in their formative socialization. So what's meaningful and, and interesting or evocative about the theory is that critical race theory is postmodernist in structure and outlook and outlook with a Derridian take on the world and what we think we know. It espouses that the black lived experience taken over half a millennia is sufficient empirical proofs for the existence of white supremacy, whiteness, and racism. It is sufficiently evocative in that it claims to be the only racial philosophy that is both reason and evidence-based and places black people at the center of the narrative. If you want to know how critical race theory can help us understand the world, it challenges modernity by claiming that it isn't the only narrative or worldview, but rather openly challenges why all the great philosophers the thinkers, the sociologists, political writers, social commentators, essayists of modernity excluded the black narrative, or in fact openly displayed both overt forms of racism in their works or covert forms of racism by erasing the black narrative as if black people didn't have a story to tell. And how can this, in terms of the terms that may be associated with um, tenets of critical race theory. What are some of the key kind of um, terms or concepts that may be associated with it? Some, some of the terms, so, so there are very few terms, as, as I explained before this, you, racism is normal, 
interest convergence, mm -hmm. um, storytelling and counter storytelling, uh, whiteness as property, and intersectionality. Mm -hmm. Those and, are those, yeah. And if you was to elaborate on intersectionality, for example, what what yeah. does it mean within? Um, in its broadest terms in relation to critical race theory? What, what does intersectionality mean? So all it means is that I would have different experiences to you. As a black uh, female, I would have different experiences to you, depending on, on you as a black male even. So depending on, on where we come from, um, if, if I was poorer than you, so so our economic, uh, our socioeconomic uh, uh, what's the name is taken into into account uh, the color of our skin, our gender, our religion. That there's this, and they say with that comes the race, and it intersects at a, a certain point. So you would come as a black male, and we would come together, but we part ways in terms of intersectionality because my struggles are different to yours. You will still earn more than me because of patriarchy, even if you are black. Now, take this as a, as a white woman when, when uh, black women were, were um, uh, goodness, my, my brain's gone blank now. When black women were, were, were marching against patriarchy, against, civil, uh, against rights for women and, you know, the vote and all that. Oh, the suffragette movement. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for, yes. So what happened was that white women stopped they were granted the, the, the vote and that's it, they stopped. And so that left the black woman by the wayside because how does that help? She still has, she's still earning less. She is still being oppressed, you know, both by the black male and the white male and the white female. And so it, it's like a never ending uh, um, thing, you know, where she's at the bottom of the, of the rung. Um, and of course, depending on a, on, a, on a sexuality as well, you know, um, it has been hijacked of late though. So just if you're going to be Googling something, um, get to, first Google Kimberly Crenshaw, don't, because intersectionality has been hijacked by certain um, white people who say, well, I'm oppressed because I wasn't wealthy and I'm gay and, you know, and it's not like that it has nothing to do with, this was not Kimberly Crenshaw's intention. When she coined the term intersection, it was about a black woman and the difficulties she faces as opposed to everyone else. Now, I, I wanna say this, if you think about it, Kevin, no person irrespective of the color of their skin fell from the sky with no history attached to them. Black and brown people have a rich, vast history in mathematics, philosophy, in medicine, and so forth. Yet when we think, as I explained to you, when we think philosophy, immediately we think Greek philosophers. They're the ones that spring to mind. Yet some of them studied for 10 years, by the way, in Timbuktu and Ethiopia. I want you to, to read a, a book if you haven't already, or read about Czech Entity Ops. Uh, he was from Senegal, who wrote The African Origin of Civilization. Representation matters. And too often we have black and brown people having to look at white idols or white role models 
when they are looking for guidance or motivation. So what we've done is for the past six years, we've done seminars and workshops and, you know, just everything to do with, with race and trying to uplift both the psyche of the black and brown person and then making white people aware that racism is so much more than individual racism. Individual racism is a very small part of, the, of what racism is actually all about, very small part. So we started a magazine that where black and brown people tell their stories because remember our history was erased. So come and tell me your story. You don't need experience to tell me your story. You can sit and tell me your story because everybody has a story to tell, everyone. All you need to do is just sit with them and listen. Irrespective of what background they're from, everyone has a story to tell. We cannot always have the white history without having the very rich black history. And if you think of, of your own family as an example, this is what it's all about. Your mom teaches you something or your dad based on the history. And so it's imperative to have black history out there, black history that uh, black children can, can grow up with, that, that they can decide, oh, wow, actually we were good. This is what happened to our ancestors, you know? And so it's not always about race and, and racism, although that's the big part of it, but it's also discovering the ties that you have to, the, to, to this universe, the ties that you have to Africa, the ties that you have to very intelligent, mind-blowing people such as Jake and Diop, you, you know, and uh, among others. So that's what it's all about, you know, and of course having role models as black and brown people. It, it, it's, we don't need the, the, the role model as, as white, white people have enough role models. We need our own role models. And we cannot keep looking at uh, people like Barack Obama and say, oh, well, you know what, he's a nice black guy. So that's it, he's the guy that we've got to look at. Oh, Nelson Mandela, I'm so tired of hearing that. You know, um, There's more people than that. And we need to start looking for them. That's why uh, Kamala Harris was such a big deal, or Kamala Harris, however she pronounces her name, um, when she became vice president of, of, of the States. Yeah. Thank you for that, Tesna. Really appreciate okay. your thought leadership and your input on that. Thank you.